welcome to episode 25 of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast, a podcast all about the history and construction of the city's motorways and expressways. I'm John Hassel. And I'm Stuart Baird. Welcome to episode 25 already. Who can believe it? I know, we were only just on episode 24, and now we're on episode 25. I suppose that's what happens when we <laughs> produce them every week. I know, we've I, got all the time in the world. It's been great. Indeed, and I hope everybody is enjoying these extra podcasts that we're putting out, as, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be keeping it to the under the air, as we have been recently. Hopefully, depending on the level of debate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our main topic this edition is going to be the M74 completion. Uh, to people who have forgotten maybe what that is that's the M74 between Kingston and Fulton Road well this was the one that opened back uh, well ooh, what, nine years ago that's right 2011 yeah. back in June 2011 uh, yeah. so we, we we felt it was a good time to have a wee we haven't really gone into that. in detail have we no you know no we haven't really uh, after that we have an absolute ton of questions oh. to get through yeah. uh, some of them are really good as well uh, yeah. thank you for submitting them last week Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we asked for them because there are some good ones in there we'll, we'll get through as many of them as we can we're keep trying, them coming by the way yeah we try to research them and get the best answers for you um, but yeah it should be should be good keep yeah. them coming so we'll batter through those then we're going to have a wee chat just about some general things mm. to do with all things archive uh, specifically images and people you know and all that sort of thing so we'll, we'll get to that later on as well John anything else that you, you want us to talk about this this time this month no this we'll just generally <laughs> shoot the breeze I think about roads later on we're going to have a general discussion what we might find is some other things might come up while we're, we're talking about this and talk about it later yeah no, always absolutely. got things to talk about here on the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast always okay then well let's go straight into it then let's, let's not waste any more time <laughs> Right, and I hope everybody appreciates the music as always. Uh, I certainly did. Yeah. Now I'm the one that always moans about the music on this, but I was like, no, that's the song. A wee bit of '80s Eurodance. Yeah. It's always uh, enough to keep us uh, excited. It's good. Everyone mm-hmm. will be wondering what the heck that is. If if anybody does want to know what it is, it's actually Regira, uh, Vamos a la Playa, the instrumental version. Uh, as I said <laughs> last week, um, we have created a playlist on Spotify mm. called Glasgow Motorway Archive Podcast tracks search mm-hmm. for it you'll find it and there's a whole array of interesting songs and things in there that are featured on this podcast mm. john loves it he has it uh, he listens to it in the car no i don't <laughs> um i can say that's completely incorrect <laughs> I, well i just leave it for these recordings you know ah. not to spoil it okay so, right so m74 completion tell us all now right okay so the m you you mentioned at the beginning here this is the section that went from fullerton and it goes to kingston that's so right. this was the the missing link of Glasgow's urban motorway network that had been on the cards for years. This goes all the way back to the highway plan, yep. uh, where originally it was called the Hamilton Motorway. Yeah, we, yeah. we spoke about this, but it, but it took on a totally different alignment. Over the years of Strathclyde Regional Council, they actually took it on a more southern alignment. They did, after um, the Sprague study of 1981-82. Yeah, so it, it was different. It looked, looked kind of putting it tying in at a different place mostly due to the fact that they weren't going to build those other sides of the ring road correct so um it's a section of urban motorway and when it was constructed how many junctions have we got on that in fullerton so we got four four two at the end at each end one at each end sorry and two in the middle and it's dual three lane throughout with sections of it actually elevated going over the eglinton viaduct that's right you know yeah so all full urban motorway stuff going on there and it ties in at plantation which means we have three motorways meeting there yeah um now i suppose personally speaking 
Um, mm. I must say, I preferred the 1990s version of that scheme. Okay. Um, which was developed by Strathclyde Regional Council. Now, what we have and what was built was a, a cut-down version of that. But it was on it was on the same alignment. <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah, same alignment, but it's the the, the, the sort of small details about it that changed to mm-hmm. make it cheaper. And I think the scheme actually isn't as good as it could have been because of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's just one of these things that we end up with in the end. And anybody that's wondering what we're talking about with the difference between what was planned by Strathclyde Regional Council and what was built, we have a fantastic page on this. So if you go to our website... Um, www.glasgow-motorways.org.uk forward slash m74-completion. Stuart just really helped me out there because he knows the URL off by heart. Um, But go on there, actually, and you'll see exactly the route that we're talking about in Glasgow, and it shows you the plans from the 1980s, what they, what they planned with this this different route that you seem to prefer, Stuart. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will I will go into some detail, but it's more to do with the number of lanes mm-hmm. uh, and connections to Kingston Bridge. And some extra junctions, yeah, I believe. And one or two extra junctions, yes. Mm, yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's what we ended up with in the end. But let's, before we get into that, can we just round off some facts and figures about, about it? Yes, please. Okay, so construction actually started on the M74 uh, completion, as it was known. Uh, on the 28th of May, 2008. Yes, it did. I remember... Now, do we, do, do we want to give some background into some of the controversy behind this? Yes. Um, so construction eventually began in May 2008 after a year and a half procurement exercise to find tenderers and bidders who were going to build the road. Um, initially, they were going to build it in two sections, um, two contracts. They then decided to make it one single contract. So they had one large joint venture hmm. who built it Interlink M74JV, who were made up of Balfour Beatty, Mor- Morrison Construction, Morgan Est, and Robert McAlpine. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came together and built it. It was valued initially, I think, at $444 million for the actual construction element, all in. Um, including land acquisition and design, it came to six hundred ninety-two million. Ultimately, mm-hmm. um, there was also some some additional money in there for mining consolidation and things yeah, like that as well, kind and of land remediation. And, it's kind of know. advanced contract works in some ways. Yeah. Although there wasn't advanced contracts <clears throat> let, was there? Yes, there was. There was one for an outfall, a sewer outfall that was built from just right. about Pomodi down to the Clyde. Um, that was done in advance and there was some ground remediation work that was undertaken as well and a lot of archaeological digging as well that went on so these weren't all done as part of the contract in a one or they were done in advance because that's news to me yeah and interesting a a number of sites along the the line of the route were cleared for years prior to it it was held up somewhat uh, for about a year by a legal challenge the Mm -hmm. orders were made in march 2005 Mm -hmm. um God, and that's, there was an, a, that's a long time. Yeah, and there was an immediate challenge um, by a number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that held it up for a year. Eventually, it was thrown out of court in August 2006. And bidding was then able to commence uh, thereafter. Um, so the contract was let in February of 2008, around about Valentine's Day. Of, uh, sorry, 2006. Mm-hmm. Around about va- sorry, no, 2008. <laughs> around about Valentine's Day, as I recall. And construction eventually began on the ground in late May of 2008. Mm. Um, I remember. I remember. Just to put in some some anecdote here, is I I moved down to the west of Scotland. I was living in Paisley in about <clears> 2007. Uh-huh. And I used to have to get the train through to Glasgow. Right. And I remember it starting because the railway line goes underneath, mm-hmm. um, where it's just just really around about that Kingston area. Uh, and I remember these piers and everything going in there, and I was like, <clears> oh my <throat> goodness, that is the M74 
um, completion. Yeah, extension. It, was a, it was an absolutely epic project. And I wasn't. And the thing is, Stuart, I actually wasn't driving at the time. You know, I had a license, but I, I'd given up my car. Right. Um, so I, I got to see. It wasn't until obviously a few years later I'd actually get to yeah, benefit from. Yeah. It. Uh, construction on that project went exceptionally well. Yeah. It was basically problem free, mm. and it opened slightly ahead of schedule as well in June 2011, mm-hmm. as we said. Yeah, the engineer for the works was Glasgow City Council. They did a phenomenal job at managing that, that scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really did. It went basically without a hitch. And yeah. there was some really, really difficult civil engineering involved. Yeah, in particular now, it is an urban motorway. Yeah. Stuart, was there a lot of buildings that had to be demolished for this? No. Was there a lot of houses that had to go? It and... was mostly industrial property that was demolished. Oh, so it was, it was nothing like on the scale that, that happened at Charing Cross? No, 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 nowhere near. In fact, was there any housing demolished for the for the M74 completion? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it was all mostly industrial the brownfield, industrial brownfield stuff that was that was demolished, mm-hmm. uh, particularly around about the Tradeston end. You right. know, there's that big square between where the motorway is now and Scotland Street. There was a number of properties in there were demolished. Mm-hmm. Gloucester Street, which used to run through there, was removed completely. Uh, you know, so there was there was a lot of changes in that way. Right, okay. But, so some changes to roads and yeah, things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, some of the bridges and things that that were built over live railways and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Rutherglen, next to the West Coast Main Line. Oh, there's a... Heavy restrictions placed on the contractor by Network Rail. Mm. You know, there was some really difficult working, and, and I remember there was many, many weekends of beam lifts at the Triangle at Rutherglen train station. Yeah. Um, Port Eglinton Viaduct, that also crosses the railway, very busy railway into Glasgow is, Central Station. And that's a huge viaduct, yep. you yep. know, and, and that's very impressive <clears> when you're <throat> underneath it because it really just goes over the whole part of town. Oh, yeah. I mean, that viaduct was huge. Huge when it was being constructed. It was fascinating to watch that. And mm. I was lucky enough to get a few site visits there um, when it was under construction. And it was amazing to watch because they pushed it out. You know, they actually pushed it out on tracks. A bit, uh, a bit like know. what they'd done. Well, they don't. I think they'd done that in Queensferry, did they not? When they were putting yes, some divide yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they didn't actually. Have to, they didn't lift those in. They actually built them in sections, and then they would push a section out, oh. put another bit in, push that out, weld it all together. But you know, bolt it all together, uh, and continue, continue, continue. And eventually, then that was all done, and they were then able to put the concrete deck in the top. Mm-hmm. You know, a huge box sections in there because of some of the large spans. You know, underneath that it's crossing, um, at places like Devon Place, uh, Polishers Road. You know, some of these major roads that go underneath. Um, you know, Massive, mm-hmm. massive civil engineering work. Really done with it. Okay, yeah. so kind of leads me on to another point. Mm-hmm. You say you know it was all pretty much industrial land, and they had this large viaduct going yeah. over. So there wasn't many things, no many houses demolished by this. No, but wasn't there some opposition towards the project? There was opposition to it from day one, not because mm-hmm. of what what it was uh, demolishing or anything like that, simply because it was a motorway that right. was uh, passing close to close to urban residential okay. areas, Govan Hill in particular. So, okay, well, we'll look at the situation before it was... I mean, you you stayed in this area. I mean, it must have been very difficult to get from Lanarkshire to the city centre. It was, it was horrific. Because, yeah, you just had to take the M8. Yeah, Or horrific. you had to go up London Road. I commuted from, from Motherwell mm-hmm. to, to Paisley, Every day for four years before the motorway was built. Mm. And the M8 was so bad in the morning that I basically went via surface streets. Okay. To get so to you, Paisley. You were rat running it. So I wasn't yeah. actually joining the motorway until you got to roundabout Tradeston, Ibrox, Plantation. You know, I was taking London Road, mm-hmm. uh, Gallagate. All these roads that I shouldn't be on when I'm commuting from Motherwell to Paisley. Mm-hmm. Just to avoid traffic. Yeah. You know. 
uh, and, and that was saving 20 minutes. Sometimes it was so bad in the evening, trying to go east, mm-hmm. that I would actually go via Barhead and East Kilbride yeah, to get back to Motherwell. Yeah, a long way around. And that was um, even before GSO. Was it? Oh, no. No, no it was just a... after that, yeah. Oh, you're not that, that you're not that old, are you? <laughs> no, thankfully not. <laughs> uh, you know, so, okay. so the, the, the situation before the M74 came along was a nightmare. Now, people people out there will go, oh, yeah, but the M8 still congested. Yeah, it is. Well, but we're nearly 10 years on again from, from then. And and the M74 took 30-ish thousand vehicles a day. And what about M8. all the street, like Rutherglen Main Street and all these yeah, things I mean, that seem some much of those, relief? Yeah, some of those roads saw double-digit percentage decreases in traffic. Yeah. You know, Rutherglen okay. High Street being a classic example. So were a lot of the areas like Hammerslang, Rutherglen and so on, that, that it was essentially bypassing, were they, cr- they must have been crying out for this yeah. route. Yeah, yeah. Traffic through Rutherglen and Campus Lang in the morning mm. and evening peaks was horrendous. Through Tory Glen at Hamden, yeah. you know that junction next to Hamden near Pomody? Some of these areas were awful. Just complete traffic sewers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think we've actually got a piece on our page, uh, if you have a look there, Stuart, mm-hmm. on um, some of the opposition protests, because they, they did kind of, quite a few people mobilised about it, didn't they? They did. They created a group called Jam 74. Um, it was more or less a continuation mm-hmm. of the campaign against the M77, uh, mm-hmm. When they lost that fight, a number of them then moved to the M74 and focused their attention on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, strangely, the M74 didn't see any direct direct action mm-hmm. against its construction in the way that the there M77 There wasn't really did. many trees, I suppose, that they could no, camp there was up in. possibly nowhere. F- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it basically was the case that when the court case was thrown out, that, that was the end of it. Opposition died and, and construction went ahead. Okay. Uh, I think the, the one thing that made it certain that construction would proceed on the M74 was the awarding of the Commonwealth Games to Glasgow yeah. for 2014, because that was a key part of the bid that, as an improvement to the infrastructure of the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once that was awarded in 2000, and f- when did we get awarded that? 2007? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that then made the M74 completion. I remember when the, the, the big posters up bidding for it yeah. and, and then getting it, which was, which was brilliant. So yeah. that, I mean, it, it <clears> helped with that. Uh, public inquiry there was a public inquiry wasn't there oh there there was a very long drawn out public inquiry one of the longest into any road now what um, was the recommendation of the public inquiry controversially the recommendation was not to proceed with the project okay Uh, which is uh, I think that surprised a few people Um, you have to be careful what you say Um, Mm -hmm. but it did surprise a number of people at the time that that the reporter came out against it because Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. There were a number of things that were, you know, affecting like air quality and things like that that could potentially be worsened. Mm-hmm. But there were a number of benefits that far outweighed yeah. those. And uh, on the whole, I think most people felt really that actually, you know, it was probably the, probably a good idea. It was a good idea to go ahead with it. You know, mm. even just for the sake of providing an alternative route. Um, to you know, to get away from the M8. I mean, I'm just tr- trying to remember now at the time when that was being built and speaking to people because people did talk about it, but it was very positive uh, yeah. from what I generally heard from people that people in Glasgow wanted it. Yeah, well, that's right. I, again, on the whole, the majority of people who mm. have to use the motorway network were, were wholeheartedly yeah. for it. There was a number of high-profile people came out in favour of the mm. motorway Glasgow Airport, Virgin Trains, a whole raft of people and companies like that came out and said, yeah, you know, we really want this. I think there was something in the, um, in the order of 300 official objections Mm-hmm. And something like forty uh, statutory objections, mm-hmm. and they, uh, most of them made detailed submissions to the inquiry through the use of expert witnesses. It's been dragged on for months. Yeah, very, very long process. They can be very, very expensive. So just because uh, a public inquiry rules against something to the re- and you know submits to the reporter that it should not go ahead doesn't mean it's it's uh, done and dusted. Then you can still proceed. Yeah. 
Or it I, seems to be in this case. I'm reading some of my own text here mm. um, about this, which, funnily enough, just about nine years ago since I typed most of this, mm-hmm. uh, because this was one of the earliest articles on, on the old Glasgow's Motorways website. Yeah. Uh, say here, it's often argued that the protesters won their case by convinc- convincing the public inquiry to recommend that the road was not built. It was widely anticipated that the groups would organise direct action against construction of the road when it eventually did get underway, but it's failed to materialise the construction phase was completed without incident. It was. Um, which is interesting. We've also got an image of a billboard advert that was taken out at the time. And I remember seeing these body things. Um, oh, the Stop the M74 the dog. Yeah. And they've got this beautiful picture of this very nice looking uh, detached house uh, with two people standing in the garden with placards saying Stop the M74. There's this big snakes in front of them. If you can find a house that looks like that anywhere near the M74. Uh, <laughs> and I remember being particularly annoyed yeah, uh, a little the billboard little at the bit time. Peeved. Yeah, yeah, just just a wee bitty <laughs> over the top and over dramatic. Looks, looks like Nessie. The yeah, road that they've exactly. Done, yeah. You know, what can I say? What can yeah. I say? It was an interesting time. It was an interesting time. But to the credit of the Scottish executive and then the Scottish government, mm-hmm. they they pressed ahead, and I think the benefits have been have been clearly felt. Now there is congestion on it now. There's, well, there's no denying that there this, is. This is what I what I wanted to talk about yep. to some degree. Um, has has it? Has it had the desired effect? Has it worked? I mean, I've certainly found it a godsend, but I've often used it. Um, I, I think it can be quite difficult AM peak heading um, northbound. Now, I think the reason for that, and this is my this is my personal opinion. I'm not an expert on, mm. on traffic flows. It was recommended that ramp metering be provided on the on slips. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who don't know, ramp metering is basically traffic lights at the top of the onslip, similar to what you have at Junction 16. That's the right. right? Yeah, yeah. And what that does is that restricts the number of vehicles that can join the main line at any one time. It might reduce it from, say, 12 vehicles coming on at a time to maybe like three or four. And what that does is it allows that traffic time to merge without overloading lane one, mm-hmm. right? Now, that for whatever reason, they didn't provide ramp metering they maybe felt that the benefit wasn't going to be particularly great mm-hmm. if you look at google maps in the morning and you put the traffic on yeah and you look at where the, the traffic issues are the main one is caused at Pomody, and it's yeah. traffic coming on westbound from Pomody road to the motorway and the second worst one is at Cambus lang road mm-hmm. and it's the same problem i think the issue isn't the end it's not the bottleneck at the end of the mm-hmm. m8 that's the problem it's not in the morning peak it isn't no, because the traffic tends to flow it, okay yep. there, doesn't Once it? you get past Pullman D, the traffic starts P- to move PM again. PM peak is different, yeah. PM peak's different, which I'll come on to in a second. Hmm. So I think it's actually sheer, num- sheer numbers of vehicles coming onto the motorway at the one time that's the mm-hmm. main issue for traffic in those two locations in the morning. Yeah. In the afternoon, as we've spoken about many times, it's the bottleneck in the M77 at Dumbreck yep. that's the factor in the congestion, which is why evening congestion on the M74 is only back to just north of Pullman D. Yeah. You know, and then runs... To the to plantation, mm-hmm. um, you know the M74 itself is free flow. Yeah, it's fine. Mostly in evening yeah. peak, unless mm-hmm. there's an incident or a, a football match or something mm-hmm. like that. Always find it quite a fast road. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you know it, it tends it tends to do uh, well, do dis- the job pretty well. Dis- despite the fifty and sixty mile an hour speed limit, is actually designed for seventy. It is, but it was a recommendation. Uh, so was it Strathclyde Police um, who looked at it? Yeah, back in the back in the old days when when the, the speed limit came in. So if you think about geographically in the motorway system, mm. if you're coming from the south or the east and you take the m8 the 60 kicks in junction 11 mm-hmm. if you were to continue look at a map due south uh, from par- there parallel yeah you would see that the 60 on the m74 starts roughly the same place mm-hmm. the 50 kicks in at pomody which is in line with proven 
Yeah. And then, then they continue all the way through and then it ends at, at Helen Street and goes back up to 70 from there. So it's it's done in a deliberate way. You, basically, mm-hmm. you have an inner box where it's only where 50 or only 60. And yeah. stuff like that kind of yeah. keep, keeps so it kind of consistent. There is some logic behind it. Yeah. And, and in fairness, the lower speed limit should, in theory, provide more capacity on the road because mm. traffic will come closer together. Hopefully, maybe less accidents as well. As traffic yeah. has maybe slowed down a little bit from yeah. then barreling in at 70 mile an hour and goodness me there's a queue and you're straight into the back of somebody on Eglinton you know so yeah yeah absolutely oh another cool thing about the M74 uh, which we haven't mentioned it had Glasgow gantries put in it Mm. Mm -hmm. you know Um, so it it opened in what 2011 yep Uh, and there we go brand new Glasgow gantries probably the last Glasgow gantries in the, the traditional form that we'll see, I would imagine, yeah. uh, they incorporate the apart, latest in apart, ITS apart systems, kind yeah. of um, refurbished ones. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, they are slightly bigger than the the, the ones in the M8, and by bigger I mean they're taller mm-hmm. because they incorporate more electrical electronic signage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they do. They can they can do everything. They can do like colours and everything. They can them. do everything. Mm. Everything. Uh, they are really good for that. Uh, I personally think they're wonderful. They they have LED lighting, sign mm-hmm. lighting. Uh, they were the first to get that. It was des- developed by Merson Signs, yeah. who do a lot of the gantry refurbishments in Glasgow and have done for, for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they do a good job with them. They do. Just talking about some of the features on the road, um, I, I noticed with, with that, the finish is incredibly good on it. Yes. Uh, it's curbed. It's curbed. Uh, it uses gullies where it can do. There's no filter drain stones no. or anything in the central. None of this rubbish. They it's do, a they proper do, built road. Yeah, they do yeah. have combined curb in areas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially going onto the viaduct and yeah. stuff like that. But there are gullies on it, uh, drains for, for people wondering yeah. what we're talking about. And it has concrete step barrier in the, in the middle as well, yeah. continuous concrete barrier. I would say it is the single most impressive section of motorway constructed in Britain. For the last 20 years. Ooh, okay, no, you've used the term motorway because I was going to say there are some really good roads out there. No, motorway. It's built Motor- properly. It has curbs. Yeah. It has proper drainage. It's proper signage. Mm-hmm. It has good bridges. It is a phenomenal and it's lit. piece of road. And it's lit. <laughs> that counts for a lot of things in my book. It's a proper, a proper urban motorway. It's yeah. like if we were building urban motorways today... That's, that's basically what the what you would get. Yeah, that's quite true because urban motorways are things you always think of the sixties and the seventies, and yeah. we just didn't do them anymore. Yeah. But we we got one. And twenty eleven Glasgow is bold, wonderful finish on that section yeah, of road, it and very, it's very testament good. to Glasgow City Council. They were who, the ones who insisted on it, didn't yeah, they? They developed a design when Strathclyde Region was was abolished. Mm. Glasgow, in conjunction with South Lanarkshire Council and Renfrewshire Council, took the project forward. Obviously, with Scottish executive support, eventually mm-hmm. they had to twist some arms to get them on board. But eventually, in two thousand and one, they caved in and came on side. Mm-hmm. Um, Glasgow, uh, Glasgow uh, City Council did most of the design, the initial design and outline design on that before it was handed over to the to the consultants and contractors. So it is, it's testament to them that it has that finish and it's the guys who were in that team, some of them who had been there since the, the early motorway days, mm-hmm. who were able to influence some of the decisions and, and, and how it looks and it's it's wonderful. Yeah, no, it is really good. Mm-hmm. But we spoke earlier about those other plans that yes. they had for it. Yes. So talk to us about how it would have been different in terms of junctions. Mm-hmm. What extra junctions would there have been? How would some of the junctions have been different? As I understand, there was one with Cathcart Road. Or yeah. was it Aiken Road? So the difference then would have been this. Pomody, mm-hmm. rather than being full access, like it is at the moment, so you can go northbound and southbound, you yep. would only have been able to go 
on southbound mm-hmm. and come off northbound. So it would so have been a, a half diamond. Half diamond with south-facing slips only. And that was to provide access to Hamden Park. Okay. And, you know, quick and easy access to the park and away from the park. Mm-hmm. All right? South of there, at Rutherglen. Now, is it Rutherglen Road? Mm-hmm. You know the dual carriageway that comes up from Shawfield Stadium and goes all the way up the hills at Mill Road? Could be. Mill Could Road. Could be. I'll need to have the maps in front there of me. There would have been a full diamond junction there. Mm-hmm. And that would have enabled you to go north and south. Yep. Campus Lang Road would have been there as, as it is. Mm-hmm. There would also have been another junction at Cathcart Road. So this is the structure uh, just north of the present day Paul Medi, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Where you've got the red brick. Yeah. The red brick bridge. Yep. <laughs> so the you only bridge to... that goes over mm-hmm. the, the M74, uh, the mm-hmm. M74 completion is there. Um, so we would also have had a junction at Cathcart Road, which I'm just having a look at on our map of it. It's quite close moment. together, though. If you think about it, they would have had quite a few junctions kind of wedged in there. Oh yeah, no, it would have, it would have been, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would have been, it would have been very tightly squeezed in. But yeah, I mean, let's say a Cathcart Road bridge, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been full access, so you could have come off, could have gone on, blah blah blah, and then the biggie. Mm. The most impressive one. The Fulton Road at the far end would have been the same, just mm-hmm. as it is. Just a roundabout, because it was left yep. like that on purpose, wasn't it, from 1994. That's right. They left it with this flared roundabout, so it could be extended. Yep. So it was going to be that. Absolutely yep. right. Uh, at Kingston, the motorway would have widened from the th- four-way. So, so initially, in the Strathclyde proposal, it would have been dual three-way motorway from Fullerton Road to Cambuslang Road. Mm-hmm. And it would then have been dual four-way motorway from Cambuslang to Pomodie. Wow. And it would then have been dual five-lane motorway from Pomody to Kingston. Maybe from Cathcart Road, maybe. Uh, No, south of Cathcart. South of Cathcart. So it goes up to dual five-lane motorway. Now, bear in mind, that would have been on on that viaduct. Yes. Now, what would have happened was three of the lanes would have continued west onto the M8. Mm -hmm. One of the lanes would have gone off to Scotland Street, as it does at the moment. Mm -hmm. The other one would have continued on a flyover and joined with the M8 Kingston Bridge. Oh, wow. So you would have yeah. been able to join the Kingston... No, you wouldn't have been able to join the M8 main line, but you would have been able to you go to the SECC or the You Clyde would have been Express on that segregated yes. section. Now, we've had a few questions about this in the past and we've gone over it. Yeah. So that was the proposal. So it would have seen the demolition of the ski jumps at Kingston. That would oh. all have been demolished, mm-hmm. uh, but you would have had a free flow link from the Kingston Bridge to the M74. Now, no, from M74 to Kingston Bridge, but you're saying it's the same the other way. Same the other way. So it would have also been five lanes the other way as yeah. well. Now, John Cullen and a couple of his uh, former colleagues argued at the public inquiry that that should be included mm-hmm. because it was going to be a low cost to include it. Even though it had it a flyover. Yep, yeah, but it would have had a huge traffic benefit. Mm-hmm. And the Scottish executive fought against it. They said they didn't want any more traffic in the Kingston Bridge mm. and that it wouldn't be a problem because people just wouldn't make that manoeuvre. Now that was rubbish because within the first six months of the road opening we've had that queuing back from West Street yeah. all the way back up onto the Kingston Bridge mm. in the evening peak of people trying to get off to go around the loop and join the M74 well, southbound. That's just it because trying to get onto the expressway yep. from the south side yeah. is difficult uh, because you do have to make that silly manoeuvre. But yep. no, that, that would have made total sense. Now, it was estimated at the time that the extra cost would be somewhere in the region of £30 million pounds to add that connection. Yeah. Now, given the entire project cost 700 hmm. it was buttons. What, what is it? It's a drop in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And think about how many levels that junction would then have. So you'd have that high ramp coming from 
the M74 going to Kingston. Yeah. And then you'd have the M74 itself. Yep. And then underneath that, you'd you'd have um, everything else. I mean, it's it's yep. it's impressive, isn't it? On the web page, you'll see a whole section of drawings mm-hmm. that are the original Strathclyde Regional Council proposals. And if you go through all these individual drawings, you'll see this original layout. Now, John and I are looking at the one at the moment that shows where it's how it all splits and mm-hmm. joins with Kingston Bridge and Scotland Street and and various other things. Um, it, it is actually quite fascinating. There you go, John. There's the, the main connections to Kingston there. Mm. Uh, you know, it would have been really, really good mm-hmm. had that been built in that way. Yeah. I would argue you could still have achieved that with a dual three-lane motorway because you only have two lanes coming from the main ME at the moment anyway. Mm-hmm. Although the bridges have been you know, designed in a way that they can convert it to three lanes later if they want. But you could mm-hmm. have had your two lanes there and you could easily have had a lane gain from Kingston and a lane drop to Kingston with another spark coming off of the surface streets as well. Well, that's just something I'm looking at there is currently, you know where the ski ski ramps are just now, that's onto a surface street. Yeah, that's right. Would that yeah. still be provided? No. No, that, that. So you wouldn't be able to get on there where the old petrol station was? No, you wouldn't be able to come off Kingston Bridge anymore and go onto the surface street network. That, that connection would have been gone. Do you think that would have caused problems? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good to hear. I suppose there was that extra junction at Cathcart Road that people could use exactly, to, to yeah. get around yeah. and, and 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 from there. But um, who knows? In another world, I know exactly. Interestingly, as well, I see here that their connection from uh, from Carnoustie Street, mm. which at the moment joins the main M8 secondary carriageways on the off side, yeah. you know, so it joins on the right hand side. In this proposal, it's actually coming round and joining on the near side as as a. A slip road probably that's should. The, yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that's kind of interesting to see. Uh, and they do also, in this plan, have an amended junction coming off the M8 eastbound to join with Paisley Road as well. So Is that the one changes. that goes down to the quay? Yeah. So they actually yeah. have it coming further further east it's towards tuck, the It's actually tucked in against Kingston. So at the moment yeah. when you come off for the quay and you go down there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And that was probably because at that time they had the proposal for the Twin Bridges. Mm-hmm. So you see that Carnoustie Street coming up there and that one going down to Paisley Road there and then the twin bridges that were supposed to be built on either side of the Kingston Bridge mm-hmm. would then have provided these quick links across the river to Clydeside Expressway from Anderson Cross. So you wouldn't actually have needed those ski jump connections yeah. you know, uh, to get to the For surface street system. Sense. There would have been other proposals. There's so, so much history behind this project because yeah, you know, it went on, on they went on oh, for years decades now, now, the, one of the, the justifications for it is you know how the inner ring road we only built one half of it we never built the south and the east yeah do you think the M74 you know extension has done the job of the south flank of the south flank certainly yes mm-hmm. uh, of the east flank no uh, because High Street is still, is still it's a perpetual nightmare when it comes to traffic. What they tried to do with this is there was, of course, the East Link motorway proposal, wasn't there, that would have actually tied the M8 at Proven yeah. down to the M74 along uh, along the alignment past like Celtic Park and all these kind of places. Yeah. Now, there was a road, of course, that we have spoken about a few times. It's called the East End Regeneration Route, yep. which became the Clyde Gateway. This road was built, but this connects at Palmerdy. Yes, it does. Palmerdy is an incredibly overloaded junction. You know, so you get a lot of traffic coming off to actually make that turn to try and get into Celtic Park up there, um, and that's this, this is my only gripe with it is it's it's not an actually um, one against the M seventy four so to speak, but the fact that it just doesn't it, it there isn't the connection the easy kind of interchange between M eight and M seventy four between those bits that I would have liked to have seen the Palmer D Junction, Junction 1A, flesh that into maybe a larger interchange to cope a little bit better. 
because I, I think it's an awful junction to use. Yeah. <coughs> You've had some experience oh, with it. Jeez, it can be really bad, mm. especially in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, even traffic trying to go south up Palmerie Road towards Aikenhead Road, and oh, God, yeah, yeah it's difficult. It's, it can be it's a, a difficult one. It really is a pain. And, of course, they've just built so many hundred new houses at Oatlands, which doesn't help matters. Um, yeah. It's bloody busy there. But uh, so overall, everything's way better than it was 15, it was. 20 years ago. Any pet hates with it? Any gripes? About the M74? Yeah, the, the, the section we spoke about, the extension. <sighs> Any gripes? What, what stands out to me? What didn't I like about it? Mm. Just... The lack of connection to Kingston Bridge has always been I was just going to say, can I tell you something? Do you know the acoustic barriers they've got? Yeah. I know, I know it's a good idea to have them. I'm not that keen on them. Because of the colour of them? Or? Yeah, but they're just, just a star. I think they're graffiti magnets as well. Oh, yes. Know? Absolutely they are. Um, yeah. And one thing I have noticed about the road is it, it when it when it oh, very fresh and new, of course, it does look now um, quite established. The landscaping in areas is kind of... Is that your way of seeing, of seeing it needs a good tidy up? <laughs> Yes, that's okay. my euphemism for it. So yeah, yeah but what, what I'm trying to say is, is the road looks a bit used now. You yeah, know? well, because to me, when I, when I think of this road, Stuart, I think of those oh, those pristine, fresh images that we have in the calendar. You know, of when it was opened, and you're up there taking pictures, and there hardly any cars on it. Yeah, I know? I, know. I know. So it's a bit of faded glory now. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. but it's a very busy road. Gets used a lot. You know, it's. Uh, Still successful, still mm. well used. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's held up quite well, you know. Considering well that. regarded, mm. particularly by people in Lanarkshire, mm-hmm. because people who live in Hamilton and Motherwell and places oh, getting like that, to the airport, getting to Brayhead, yeah, how easy. I mean, in an off-peak scenario, I could easily go from Motherwell to Brayhead in twenty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Going via the M8, you can add on at least another ten minutes to that, and God knows, at peak times, it would be even worse. Okay. Uh, much worse. So yeah, I think in the whole, it's still doing a very Does good job. Does its job. Yeah. Oh, what a cracker. Hmm. Well, is that all we've got time for on the M74? Yeah, uh, I think so. I think so. We've got to move on to some questions mm-hmm. now. You're you're hogging the timer. I don't see how much time we got left. But uh, well, uh, we're at thirty-five minutes so far. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're still awake, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to some questions now, but that's been fun. I've I've enjoyed talking about yeah. that. Any questions, any queries, anything about the M74 that either you know and would like to tell us or you would like to exactly. ask? Exactly. If you worked on this project because it is in recent memory for any reason, get in touch with us. Correct us yeah. on things and, and we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get it there, out there. There might be people listening who worked on it yeah. because it is still fairly Some recent. Good stories yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. We're always happy to take recent stories. Again, I, I was so lucky. I, I managed to get on site the day that some of the sign gantries were being lifted in. You were a student then, weren't you? I, 2000, no, by the time the project was coming to an end, I was uh, I, I was working full-time. Uh, oh, my, right, my civil yeah. engineering studies were over. Ah, um, okay, you're older than I, I thought. Graduated by, <laughs> by that <laughs> point. Looks good, kill. Um, <laughs> so I, so I, I managed to get a few site visits. Did I get a student site visit? Yes, I did, actually. I did in the very early days, but there wasn't much built at that point. Um, you know, but the, it got more interesting towards the end. And there's some photos on that article actually, our page on the website of from my site visits. You know, mm-hmm. taking well the things under construction that are well worth a look. Have I included any of the gantry photos? Oh yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, we got we've got loads of photos on that page. So yeah, no, well worth checking out. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Lovely. And I wonder. I took part in the M74 Open Day. 
that they held uh, a couple of weeks before it opened where the public was invited to come and walk on it. Oh, and I've you... still got the certificate to say that I completed it. We walked from Kingston all the way to, Pol- uh, to Fort- Fullerton Road and back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, a, it was a, I think it was 10k all in actually. Uh, and it was a great day. It was a really sunny day. It was a beautiful Sunday. Uh, there was thousands, tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. turned up for that. It was, it was brilliant. Absolutely was brilliant. I, I remember uh, the opening day for it when traffic was allowed on it. And I remember saying at the time, oh, can we go in? Because I, I wasn't actually, I don't think I was driving at the time. Yeah. So can we go and see it? All right, we'll go and see it. And I remember being driven along it. Yeah. we. I mean, I, I was very interested in this project for years. Mm. Uh, and I charted the construction of it from before the contract was let. All the way mm-hmm. through. So we've got some really good photos. I mean, there's one here, Fulton Road, showing it where mm-hmm. it was still ending. Uh, as it oh, did. yeah, the old terminus. Yeah, bridges being constructed at Rutherglen, the Pullman, the old BOC plant at Pullmadee that's now the headquarters for Scotland Transserv and the mm-hmm. Transport Scotland's operating company. Oh, that's the um, Brown Building, yep. Yeah, you know, there, there's so, so many photos that we have that are worth having a look at. I know we were saying we're going to wrap up and get on to the questions, but there is something quirky, a little fact All right. about the M74 Right. Completion. Okay. Did you know, Stuart, there is a secret underbridge on it? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Because I've is been this in one it. near the bus depot? Yes. It's uh, for the Strathbungle Rail Link, uh, which is part of Crossrail. It's a Crossrail thing. So when... The, I mean, Crossrail is something that might never happen in Glasgow, but it's always been on the cards. Yeah. Uh, but they did actually provide provision for this. Yeah. So there is an extra... There's a spare box, should we say, in a structure that's next to the... Um, Next to the bus depot. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's right. So yeah. there you go. Having a look thinking about the rail, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Right. We better move on to the questions, Stuart, because there are a few to get through here. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, we can we can do some good answers. So I'll. Um... Yeah, but well, you'd be delighted to know I've decided not to include any music this week when we're doing oh. the questions. Uh, there was a few comments Goodness. made about that, so we'll just keep it keep it simple, <laughs> was, shall we? Was there? There, was, there were one or two. <laughs> they were quickly removed. Can I just say thank you for making those comments? You've made my life so much easier. <laughs> uh, any, anyway, moving on. Right, Stuart, I'm going to fire the first one here at you and see how you get on with it. Well, you're asking me. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go back to the way it used to be. It seemed to work better that way, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, <clears throat> so Gary Davidson on Facebook asks, why was the M876 called that rather than M88 from the nearby A88. I think this comes down to the way that the, the road was, was originally built. The, the A876 um, was the number of the old road that used to run right up through Bonnie Bridge mm-hmm. and near Denny and you know, all these places when it was skirting across from the Cumbernauld area right across the Falkirk. Mm-hmm. So when the new road, the Denny Bypass, was built um, mm-hmm. in the early 60s, um, as a dual carriageway at that point, mm-hmm. we had the A80 and branching off of the A80 at Denny was the E eight seven six? Now they made the decision later in the sixties and in the early seventies to to convert it to motorway, so that by the time the second phase of the Denny bypass was constructed, that was M eighty, mm-hmm. and they put shoulders on the section that was originally dual carriageway. If, if you go on the M eight seven six, you'll notice where it goes over bridges. There's no shoulder at the westernmost end. Yeah, yes. the westernmost end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because originally it was just a standard dual carriageway. Uh, so in nineteen seventy two, seventy four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added hard shoulders and converted the first stage to motorway. Now, at that point, it only ran as far as, is it Broomlands? Yeah, something around yeah. there. Uh, and then it was extended from there to what we know now as the M9 in mm-hmm. 1980. That section was completed in 1980, and that took it all the way just on the border of our sphere of knowledge, isn't yeah. it? Because it's getting further out from Glasgow, yeah. so... Uh... Yeah, it's, uh, although we're on, we're on the case. 
there on the case. <laughs> We're on the case. So yeah, A eight seven six was probably the, the easiest one there. The A eighty eight, I think, is quite far away from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that, think of it this way: the A eight seven six dual carriage mm-hmm. we didn't replace. 888 it was just a new line for the 8876 what, what, there was actually a reply to this comment mm. from uh, Jack Archibald right, who says okay. he's from Falkirk oh brilliant yeah. uh, the A876 the A876 uh, was the number of the old road that went past Bonnie Bridge Larbert and down to Bellstyke yeah. Road in Concarden yeah so, so some corroboration there you know I sort of changed that to the they changed that to A88 to, yeah, mm, to avoid, to avoid any confusion obviously yeah so that's where that number's come in so uh, good Good That's stuff. a good one. That answers okay. that one. Can I ask you the next one? Yes. Okay, well, we stick with Facebook ones. Yep. <clears throat> There's plenty on Facebook. Yep. Got a full list here, my goodness. I... Okay. John, I'm going to ask you this one. It's from Scott Sutherland. Okay. Um, and it's on Facebook. Do you think the various expressways around Glasgow will ever be trunked? So I'm assuming that means Clyde Expressway, Clyde Tunnel Expressway, Clyde mm-hmm. Tunnel, maybe even Springburn Expressway. Ooh. Um, do I think so? I, I, I don't personally think it's it's something that could happen, but I would like it to happen. Okay, why do you think it won't happen? Well, because if you think about some of the asset on these things, so let's talk about Clyde Tunnel at first to maintain such an asset like that. I can see why the council would want to offload that. Yeah. Uh, so they don't have to pay for it, but then that's just something that has to go into you know the trunk roads pot. The trunk roads, so they really want to adopt these things and have them because, again, it's another major structure, a major asset to have these things. However, I would like it. So it might be an opportunity for me to actually work on these roads. I actually work on the trunk roads uh, and to see to see them maintained to the consistent standard that we see yes. uh, yeah. on, on other things. Now, we've spoken about this before, about the gantries that we see on the expressway oh, yes, and, and the Clyde Tunnel yeah. approaches. Oh, <clears throat> terrible. Imagine running a job on that and refurbing them all. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it would it would be like renovating an old house into something beautiful, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. The condition of the gantries on the Clydeside Expressway mm. and on the Clyde Tunnel Expressway is poor. It's sad. I'm just trying to think. I think Springburn <clears throat> Expressway. No, I don't think that would ever fall under a trunk road I because the rest it. of that no. road isn't trunk. You know, the only one I could feasibly see, probably, would would be Clyde Tunnel. Yeah, maybe because it has some strategic purpose. I don't even see the Clydeside Expressway. I I wonder. Mm. And these these are the express views of Stuart Baird only. Okay. Um, of course. <clears throat> that I do see a time when major A roads and primary routes in general okay. are perhaps taken on by the Scottish Government away from local authorities. It is a stated policy of the Scottish Government right. to look into certain roads being... Mm. taken away from local authorities. So kind of like the way the regional council used to be that they had strategic overview, you know, of all the main roads and some residential streets and things would maybe fall, would, would remain with the local councils. I think there might well have been some kickback in that from some of the local authorities right enough. But I think given the financial situation for some of the local authorities, it's becoming increasingly difficult to maintain 32 individual roads authorities mm-hmm. um, in Scotland. 33 if you include the uh, Transport Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these are the regions. We only had what nine. Yeah, you know, they just had their budgets, so they just looked huge after huge budgets. Yeah, sharing resources, pulling resources across vast areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder if within the next few years we may see some kind of movement of main primary routes towards central government. Anyway, yeah, but that's just a theory. It's just a theory. Yeah, mm. is, it's a lot uh, more responsibility for trunk <clears> roads. 
But yeah. There you go. Would they be trunk roads? Possibly not. Yes, but they would be maintained. But they would be maintained by central government. Yes. There's a, a bit of difference. Mm-hmm. A bit of a difference. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's it's a great question. It's, almost, it's just one of these questions you get asked that you could just sit and talk about it for ages. You know? <clears throat> You're right, that is. Okay, then. Right. Okay. I'll ask you the next one since you, you hit me with that one. All right. Okay. It's another Facebook one. It's from Robert Martin. Okay. Who asks, do you, th- do you think that any of the east or south flanks of the inner ring road will ever be built? It seems like the route of the south flank is still all waste ground with nothing being built. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, but on the, along the line of the south flank, there was a lot of demolition. Um, mm. and, and most of what was even... So we walked that, remember? Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and it's actually been in a situation now where things that were built that allowed for the south flank have actually been demolished now as well. There was two big high-rise tower blocks around there that had gaps in the middle mm. uh, to allow the motorway to go through. They've all gone. Some of the industrial units are gone. There used to be the big bingo hall cinema thing that just sat just to the south, or sorry, just to the north of where the O2 Academy is. The motorway was supposed to go between the two of them. It burnt down a good few years ago mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, the south, south flank, there is still evidence there that that could have been built. There's no need for it now, though. Yeah, because you got got, just as we've been discussing, yeah, the M74. There, there's, there's not really any need for that. Now, in terms of the east the east flank, the east flank's never going to happen in mm-hmm. any form. Um, even the Townhead London Road link that was proposed as a sort of a scaled down version of that and remained policy policy until well into the nineties, that's never going to happen now either, uh, because the, the the focus on on transport has shifted completely, and you're just I don't think you would justify spending I, I, hun- possibly yeah. hundreds of millions of pounds for a short section of road that would really only where improve local traffic and getting you know, close to the cathedral and and all these things. Where, where would yeah. it where would it go? Where would well, it dump? Well, if you remember the the Townhead London Road line, so that that's what you'd think you would, yeah. you would put it that way. You wouldn't try and link it up with the no. seventy four or something. No, like that. no, you would move east for that. You would you would finish the East East End Regeneration Route and use that as your main route through the east of Glasgow. The, the, the later proposals for that east flank were really quite tame. Uh, if well, they think about it, a lot of it was being put into cut and cover tunnel. Yeah, tame, tame in terms of how many lanes and junctions and things like that mm. had, not tame when you think that it was still going to impact in Glasgow Green. Glasgow Green, but Gla- yeah. I was just about to say, Glasgow Green is what really killed this off in a yeah. lot of ways. So I just shared a post on social media the other day showing that, that fantastic yeah, bridge. I, and that's a good point. It's a good time for me to mention that there was a couple of comments made around that proposal. And can I just state for the record mm. that there was never any intention to demolish the Barony Church or the province lordship, or any of these historically important buildings. No. The east flank, even at its most huge proposed type, <laughs> was never going to see the demolition of any of those buildings. Yeah. And there was always going to be an element of cut and cover tunnel in front of the cathedral and in front of the Royal Infirmary to create a plaza right. to have a continuous roof that would have gone right across from Strathclyde University all the way across to the cathedral. Do you know, I hate to say it, but that, it would be so much better than there what is, it is now. I mean, yeah. it's such a tangle of blooming roads and lanes, yeah. everything up there yep. uh, at Town Head. Yeah. In a, it's funny how it would have been so many, so, so many improvements in its northern end, yeah. but, but so much more controversy at the High southern end. High street is hell on yeah. earth for traffic, for uh. pedestrians, for cyclists, for everything. It would have been quite an elevated viaduct on the south, though, through Glasgow Green. I think um, in the later days, when with that picture you posted yesterday, by that stage we were looking at taking it over Glasgow mm. Green. The initial proposal, I believe, through talking to the, some of the guys involved, was that it would have gone through Glasgow Green in cutting um, before okay, r- rising well, up, and then in cutting isn't so bad, though. 
but there was still yeah, the needed noises. to have been a, a, an increase in height to get across the river. And, of course. You know, yeah, so it was always know. going to be visually obtrusive at well, some stage. But some people, Stuart, this is <clears> crazy, but they think motorways are beautiful. Some people can go out and photograph them. I have stated on several occasions now that I am relieved <laughs> that the east flank did not go ahead. Right. <clears throat> I think we should move on. Okay. <laughs> oh, because I'm not seeing what you want uh, to hear. Let's <laughs> let's go. And it's a, it's it's a good question, uh, but but no, uh, we don't think they're going to be built. Okay. okay. Right. I've got another one for you then. Okay. Beat me to it. Uh, oh yeah. No, I'm going to answer that one in a minute. Uh, why do motorways in Scotland show 70 mile an hour rather than national speed limit signs? This is from Martin Cousins um, or Cousins uh, on Facebook. Okay, so back when they first had motorways in England, they didn't have any speed limit on them. Uh, yes, when like, right. the M1 opened and there were some terrible accidents <clears> in the, <throat> the kind of early to mid-60s, they decided actually we're going to make it 70 mile an hour. So the policy was above the... But now Scotland didn't get its first motorways until 1964, 1965, kind of after that. So we never had those de-restricted motorways, did we? Yeah, really? no, we didn't, no. So, uh, and at the time, to make sure that... Because back before the 70 mile an hour was put in place they just had the national speed limit sign which is de-restricted so you could go whatever speed you want but after they've been 70 they needed to make sure that people really did know it was 70 yeah okay yeah, yeah. so i've not really answered the question though because in england they mostly and i mean mostly use national speed limit signs mm -hmm. for when you're joining a motorway there isn't nobody really knows but scotland never adopted that scotland has always opted in most places to have 70 mile an hour limit rounders. i think the 70 is clearer it is and some people have made this point on facebook yeah because some people seem this is strange but people seem to associate that na uh, the national speed limit with 60, 60 mile an hour yeah, well, yeah 60 yeah you know dual carriage 60 no, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's national speed limit for whatever type of vehicle you're you're in on the type of road you're in read your highway code you know but no the 70s have seemed to be remained up in scotland where you're entering mode but not in all cases no not in all cases you do see um national national speed limit randalls being used actually see from a legal perspective both are valid in scotland it's yeah. just a scotland's preferred to have it saying the 70 and even up until now any new roads that have opened 70 randalls have gone up yeah no no so that's that sounds reasonable thank you for sorry answering yeah that. no worries at all no worries at all um, yeah I, i'm going to jump in this next one which is which, uh, from jamie jarvey on facebook um, mm. jamie asked or said would it ever have been absolutely sorry would it ever have been structurally feasible to make the charing cross section of the m8 a tunnel under the um buildings there uh, as opposed to leveling it all and making the motorway open just wonder how much potential there would have been right well, we've kind of covered this before um topographically there's quite an extreme difference in level between garnet hill where the motorway is and then park circus um so to cover to have covered all of that over so i'm thinking north of the existing underpass at the moment so alongside st george's road mm -hmm. You know where the Charing Cross off slips and all that are. There's so many slip roads and things going on there. I don't think personally it would have been feasible to to cover all that over mm -hmm. and still have a two level junction because you need to come up to surface level and then you're, you're dropping down to where Woodside Viaduct is and all that. So there, I just don't think it would have been possible to cover all of it. It may well have been possible to cover over some of it. Yep. But as we've spoken about many many times, what they actually built there was way more mm -hmm. than they were required to do at the time. 
and uh, cost considerable amounts of money extra mm-hmm. to actually put it in cutting like they did. The underpass itself is is okay. That again, that the underpass in front of Charing Cross Mansions and St George's Mansions was designed to try and mitigate the, the effect of the motorway there. They couldn't really continue any further south towards Kingston, as we've said many times, because of the live railway line going underneath the North Clyde line from Queen Street mm-hmm. uh, out to Partick. This is where you see the hump. Yeah, the, the hump road. in front of the Mitchell Library. So it's very difficult to get the necessary headroom there while that railway... And you can't lower railway tunnels easily. Um, no, you know, because you have, to have a, you have to have quite a consistent gradient. That would, so it's yeah. not like you can have a dip. You can have a dip. So that would probably mm-hmm. have cost more than the actual contract itself did. So mm-hmm. structurally, no, it, it was just never feasible. It just it, it didn't offer any real value. Mm-hmm. Um and as is, as we said before, put yourself in the mindset of the time mm. in nineteen sixty five or sixty seven when you're designing this up, and you're already doing way more than the manual in inverted commas requires you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having to justify because the Scottish office at that time wouldn't pay for aesthetic things, yeah. right? And the way they kind of got around some of it was like the wall panels at Charing Cross. The Scottish office weren't going to pay for any of that. So they made them structural and things like that to try and justify to get extra money because Glasgow Corporation were paying 25% of it. Mm-hmm. So a roof or a tunnel or whatever, that would probably have been seen as an additional extra yeah. and the corporation would it's have ended needed. up having It's some embellishment you want yeah. to put on it to make it more aesthetically so, pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. So for that reason, it was probably never never going to happen. So I hope that answers that one it's for you. Very good answer. Uh, there is a final one here. I'm just Ian McCall... And a guy called Murphy on Twitter have asked us a couple of questions. Guys, we're going to come to them next week because they, they, they require good answers. One of them is on the M74 and why it changes from M74 to A74M. And that's quite a long response. The other one from Murphy was about what public transport projects we would like to do as well. So Yeah, now, I, I have an answer for that. Yeah. But you want me to, you want me to sit save, on it? Save that till Podcast 26. We've nattered so much about the M74 oh. completion that, that we've run out of time. Oh, uh, so okay. we'll, uh, we will we will come, come back to that, uh, I promise. Okay, well, so that's week. all the questions. I mean, we'll hopefully have some more questions but please send in some more anything you like any corrections to what we might have said or anything you want to say yeah no absolutely Uh, we always welcome questions Uh, Mm -hmm. please keep them coming now before we finish this week there is something that I want to to ask everyone And it was pointed out to me, Barry Old, who listens to our podcast, who worked in the Renfrew Bypass. Oh, hello again, has Barry. great knowledge of a, a whole raft of civil engineering things, mm-hmm. Glasgow and beyond. Yep. Had suggested that we perhaps ask if anyone knows anybody who worked on any of the motorway schemes or any of the major road schemes. So did you work on them personally? Did your mm-hmm. father work on it? Your grandfather? Yeah. Another relative of some kind? Were they an engineer? Did they work on site? Yep. Did they get involved with the design? Mm-hmm. Taking it further... Do they have any records, any photos that they took, any old plans or anything like that? We would be fascinated to hear from anyone who did work on the motorways, any motorway, any road in Scotland. We're always mm-hmm. keen to talk to people. So if you know somebody, yep. give them a wee nudge. They might not know about us. Get them to get in touch. Yeah. And uh, we'd be happy to talk to them. Now, there's many ways that you can do that. Either you can email us yep. at admin at glasgows-motorways.org.uk or you can get us on Facebook or on Twitter, as you know. Yeah. Uh, so that w- that would be really good. Good, especially if there's any Kingston Bridge stuff. Yeah. Yes. Always looking for more Kingston stuff. Yeah. This is a special year well, for Kingston. I, I, as as I go on about all the time, one of the, the main things that we like to say about our archive is that it's mostly a private archive. Yes. And that the images right. things we have were, were private individuals who took them mm-hmm. or, or private companies. It was not stuff generally that the government did. We we try and keep ourselves a wee bit more distinct. Um. So. 
we're always interested in images that other yeah. people don't have or are not vaulted somewhere else. So yeah, mm -hmm. no, please, uh, please get, get in that in mind. touch with that. Yeah. Okay. Let us know. That's fine. So is there anything else we need to cover? Or are we we're just going to have to close out, Stuart, and uh, yeah, I mean, leave everyone wanting more? Yeah, <laughs> they're just going to have to want more. I mean, we're not really doing anything else at the minute, as you know. Uh, everything's okay. still on hold. Uh, I reckon it'll probably be doors open days in September, possibly, oh, before we're yes. back uh, in public. Uh, we, we, we're still healthy here, by the yeah, way. Still yep. isolating. Um, you know, Stuart and I actually live together, so I've not had to come out my way. <laughs> oh my goodness! To go, I know. I have to remind people of not this. As a couple, I think we should. No, 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 no. Yes, we get we get on really well, <laughs> but but not like. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. That wasn't awkward at all. Sure, freezing. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well thanks for joining us this episode in the glasgow motorway archive podcast make sure you visit our website which is glasgows-motorways.org.uk where you can listen to our previous episodes and learn all about the glasgow motorway system yeah and those previous episodes are really mounting up now uh, mm. and the, the listener figures are, are going through the roof yeah. uh, i should mention we uh, actually broke in to the top 50 of history podcasts in Britain uh, last mm. week and the week before for the first time <laughs> because we've stuff. been putting out some additional episodes obviously the numbers have gone up so we've managed to break into that that is amazing we've been beating some Radio 4 this and World Service podcast absolutely and amazing. so we should yeah. so tell tell everyone about it well tell everybody about what, what, what no no you know, I'm saying that to our listeners alright <laughs> you know to tell people about the podcast if you really enjoy it then you know your friends and family thought, might do I thought you were telling me to tell people no that, that's right <laughs> spread the word rate us please on Apple Podcasts give us a star mm -hmm. uh, give us a wee comment if you've got time uh, it would be great to uh great to hear from you it's just good mm. to get some more comments hopefully they'll feature us as a as a recommended podcast at some point yeah that's absolutely uh, right as i mentioned many times you can obviously subscribe to us at apple podcasts and on spotify or or at podbean mm -hmm. uh, which is our host service uh to make sure you never miss any of these shows while you're at it um do check us out on facebook uh twitter and instagram for a daily fix so that's right you'll see regular updates on those channels so in the meantime that's all for now but we will be back in a couple of weeks or hopefully maybe even sooner we don't we don't know yeah we're, we're we'll trying to, we are trying to put these out uh, fairly fairly regularly at the moment mm. because it gives us something to do as well as giving you guys something to in listen the, to in these most strange of times topics that we have lined up uh include things like the a726 <clears throat> i want to talk about the university bypass yeah uh, um, something that i'm doing a bit of research on at the moment the so. m9 oh i can't wait yeah <laughs> Scotland's most exciting motorway. No, absolutely. The M9 will be good to talk yeah. about. So we'll see you in a week or so, and yep. I hope you enjoy it. Until yep. then. Stay Bye. safe, everyone. Goodbye. Bye for now. Bye.